0: You're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast with Mark LaCour and Jake Corley. This is the show for busy oil pros who quickly want to keep their finger on the pulse of the industry.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Oil & Gas This Week. You're listening to episode 151. What's up, Mark? Uh,
0: Jake, this year's flying by. We actually got some new shows that we've been talking about that are actually going to launch relatively soon. Uh, One of them is going to be you and Collins' show, Oil & Gas Startups.
1: Yeah, we're pretty excited about that. We've got Techspace Lockdown as a sponsor for that and a couple other in the works to uh, co-sponsor as well. So we're super excited. We've got a ton of people lined up on the startup side with just tech startups, startup EMPs, startup oil field service companies, interviews with investors, uh, angel investors, venture capitalists, PE firms, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of hype, a lot of momentum behind that. A lot of stuff is going on behind the scenes. So we're excited to show you guys that.
0: Yeah, and, and we're, the whole audience will be excited to listen to you y'all. Know? This is going to be a great podcast. This is going to be something very unique. Now, before we get too much down to congratulations and clapping hands and everything, because we finally got this show off, I want to take just a moment. I want to talk about something serious. I recently learned that Houston, Texas is one of the hubs in the U.S. of human trafficking, sex trafficking. Um, and I also learned that it's a bigger problem than anybody was aware of. Bigger problem. I was aware of it. And so there's a fundraiser coming up. It's, it's actually a gala. It's going to be a nice event. It's called Keep Houston Free. It's going to be September 20th from 6 30 till 9 p.m. And so, Modal Point, my company, has bought a table to help contribute. We've actually bought a bunch of tables, but we have one just for me, just for us. And so I have six seats at my table. If you would like to join me in supporting this very worthwhile charity, I mean, come on, people. We we can't have sex trafficking going on here. If you want to join me, it's $140. Reach out to me direct. It's $140 per seat. 100% of that money goes to uh, keephoustonfree.com. And it's just a great fundraiser. So if you want to come join me at my table, I'll make introductions. It will be a great night be a lot of fun, well worth your money. And like I said, it's going to a really great cause. So we'll put a link in the show notes where you can just email me directly. And like I said, there's only six of them left. So to go from that to something else a little more lighthearted Jake we got a, a somebody a new listener reached out to us on LinkedIn and this happens you know a hundred times a day every day but I just thought it'd be cool just to, real quick so uh, chip Wiley a big shout out thanks for reaching out and telling me that you loved our podcast He said chip said I just finished listening to my first episode of your podcast and I'm already hooked and looking forward to attending live events and chip we're looking forward to seeing you if you want to support the show, Leave us a review. It's the easiest, quickest thing. So you go straight to iTunes. You can do it from your phone. Leave us a review. We got one from Hell Yes by Chappie with a bunch of ones and nines from the USA. Love the podcast. You guys give great perspectives. That includes up, mid, and downstream. You forgot service, hell yeah, that you just can't find in many other places. Keep up the great work. Also, love how you guys throw in geopolitics from speaking about oil and gas. So you could be just like Hell Yes. Leave us a review. We'll give you a big shout out on the show. Jake,
1: you ready to get the news stories? Let's do it. All right. So this first article kind of, it caused a little bit of commotion on LinkedIn, at least in in my circles. The title is called Silicon Valley to Big Oil. We can manage your data better than you. I have a very unique perspective on this because I understand both sides of it. I understand where Silicon Valley is coming coming from, and looking at the oil and gas industry, uh, kind of objectively, and saying, "Man, these guys really don't know what they're doing." But I also understand it on the E and P side, looking at Silicon Valley, like, "Man, these guys don't know what they're doing as far as how it pertains to our data." So there was a Google executive. Uh, I think he had formerly worked at one of the one of the OFS companies. He was speaking to just a crowd of you know E and P's and another OFS companies, and pretty much just a, it was a good. Good crowd of the industry there, and he said, you know, that we can manage your data better than you. I think this at the Unify conference, which is put on by like Baker Hughes. It's my perspective on this is, oh man, how do I explain this? There's truth to it. There's truth to both sides of it, and I would say that neither side is 100 percent correct. I think the the person who originally shared this was Sean Ebert, and he had a really good he had a really good uh, little caption on LinkedIn. Then he put it, he kind of mentioning the hubris of Silicon Valley. We've seen it time and time again. There are these these behemoth companies out of Silicon Valley that will throw tons and tons of money at trying to solve problems within oil and gas. And I've seen this because I've attended every single possible conference where you'll have unnamed companies. They will have a representative there and they'll be pitching about and, and trying to preach to the, to the oil and gas companies how they should do things. But you, you kind of start to poke holes in, in their strategy because they don't intrinsically understand the industry they don't really take the time to understand it, uh, is what I've found from from the most part. And so it kind of makes the oil people a little apprehensive, because it kind of shows. And so I think they kind of a lot of people from Silicon Valley think that they can just come in and wave a magic wand and, and throw a bunch of tech at, at something and, and magically fix a lot of the problems. We've seen this time and time again, big companies coming into the industry that they don't completely understand uh, and fall flat on their face. So the other side of yeah. that is we've seen a lot of, so this article also talks about, you know, there have some, there have been some big, like, uh, cloud hosting contracts that were signed that were worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And I think that the, you know, the Microsofts and the Googles and, and the other, you know, big companies out there, I think pretty much all they're really truly targeting based on, on what their market strategy is, is really the super majors. So you've got, you got six yeah. companies that are your targets. They don't make anything and they don't understand anything about the midsize independents or the larger independents or even the public companies that are around those same sizes.
0: Yeah, it's so this is actually – this is a really good article. I swear that Wall Street Journal listens to our show because how long have you and I been talking about this exact thing? <laughs> now, the wow. thing that's interesting for anybody in our audience that actually thinks that the oil and gas or hydrocarbons are going away, Google just just built a new business unit internally. It's called Google Oil. Amazon – Amazon has a dedicated oil and gas practice inside of it, IBM, Microsoft, they all do. This is the typical big tech company that has a lot of reach, a lot of stroke, that is looking for other markets to enter. And oil and gas would make a great market for any of these large tech companies to come in. But you're right, Jake, they don't understand our industry at all. I, I literally had a company, the old modal point that for years, for seven, eight years, that's all we did is basically help tech companies understand how to sell their stuff to oil and gas because it's, it's just a totally different world. I do find it fascinating that we have a lot of people chiming in on this. That just creates the buzz and the discussion. Discussion. So even if you know Daryl with uh, uh, with Google, who's telling Big Oil that he can handle their data better than they can, just starting those conversations, I think, is a big plus. Because in the last 25 years I've been in this industry, nobody's had those conversations, right? It was the IT folks at Exxon or at Chevron having to figure out how to do stuff themselves. And now, when you're actually starting to see the tech companies realize the market possibilities here, and the fact there's money to be made, and there's new processes and new technology they can bring to market, and for the first time in my lifetime in this industry. The oil and gas industry is listening and having conversations. I think that is the, is the bigger part of this article. Not so much that Google, you know, boasted it could do a job better than we can, but the fact that we're listening and we're engaging in dialogue with the big tech companies, I think that is amazing.
1: Yeah, I think so too. So I think I think it definitely is to to kind of have that environment where we can actually discuss these things uh, is great. It's exciting to kind of see what's uh, going to happen moving forward. I firmly believe I'm I'm obviously a little biased, but I think you know the small shops run out of a garage are definitely the ones who are going to bring the most innovation to the oil field, and we've seen that. We've seen well, there's a lot of innovative tech startups in this space right now who are doing really really great things, and I'm really excited to see you know what the next three to five years look like.
0: Hey, maybe we should have a Tech startup in oil and gas pot. Oh, we're already doing
1: that. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next. Speaking of oil and gas tech startups, the next article is about Ambient. Huge shout out to those guys who are doing some great things. Ambient makes, if you don't understand what they do, they kind of make these uh, devices. I don't know if I would really call them SCADA devices, but it's a, it's a sensor that goes on to wells that are running sucker rod pumps and they use this artificial intelligence to actually optimize the production of those pumps. Well, they just signed one of their largest deals, to date with Equinor. I think it's going to be operating on more than 800 wells up in North Dakota. So that's really exciting. It's really, it's really uh, cool stuff. Here's a little snippet about a little bit more in depth. I know my, uh, my explanation of what they do is probably not super sexy, but uh, it says by equipping wells with a cloud based AI and edge computing technology and an application the company calls an autonomous set point management system. The man hours once spent resetting pumps can hopefully be reallocated to other bottom line drivers. We are freeing up individuals to go do things uh, like think about new technology, troubleshoot failed equipment, deal with workovers or new well designs. So that's exciting, man this is really cool i actually back in the old MultiPoint
0: blog i actually interviewed nav who's their ceo uh, a couple of years ago at some conference really good guy great company and if you're curious about who equinor is remember stadoil the big norwegian uh knock they just changed their name to equinor it's the same company and and so equinor actually has their hands in a, quite a lot of tech companies, including this one. And so it's interesting to see the bit, really large oil and gas companies see, just like you said earlier, Jake, that what they need to compete in the future is not gonna come from ibm or microsoft it's most probably would come for some startup so now they're just they're investing them they're buying them they're pumping money engineering expertise cash into them so you know good good deal for ambient for uh for scoring this this deal at the same time how cool is it that equinor is looking at these new technologies of ways to increase production decrease costs, and at the same time you need less people so you decrease lost time instances you know we've been talking this for a long time but i think this is awesome i think this is the beginning of a trend that we're going to see get faster faster as we go through time.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree and, and huge shout out to Equinor Technology Ventures, you know, they invested 11.5 million into uh, Ambient Series A uh, last year and they've been they've been going very very heavy with a lot of innovative technologies. So, great guys over there. Huge shout out to their team as well. Up next, BHP Billiton has sold 10.5 billion dollars worth of assets to BP. So, what does that mean for the Eagle for Shell? So what that means is BP
0: was in the shale plays, then they left and now they're back is what it means. So instead of worrying about anything, they just bought all BHP Bilton's assets in, in the Eagleford. This is not new. Uh, we've known for since last year, BHP was exiting this, that they're looking for a buyer. You know, BHP is a uh, core's competency is mining. They got in the oil and gas space. They've done okay. They've not done great. They picked up a bunch of assets and all the major shell plays, Eagleford, Permian, Haynesville, blah, blah, blah. And now they realize they probably should get away from it. BP when they had their misfortune a couple of years ago, um, had to sell a lot of assets, and and they did it It was actually a very smart thing by their I can't can't remember their former CEOs that was in place when the Macondo um, disaster happened, but they did a very smart thing because I, I predicted that Exxon Mobil was going to buy the good parts of BP during that time because BP stock had taken such a hit that they were an acquisition target, and it didn't happen, and it didn't happen predominantly because the BP CEO realized that they were in a very high risk situation, and so they sold assets. To get their stock price back up so they weren't as good an acquisition target. and They did it really quickly. They got rid of their shell fields. They got rid of their wind farms across the world, which is a big thing for them. And so Now what you're seeing now is BP, they got through the bad times. Their stock price is back up in a good place. They're not an acquisition target. Now they're going back and picking up this, some of the the opportunities that they had to dump in order to maintain themselves as a, as a company. So there's a backstory to this. It makes total sense. It's gonna be good to see BP out in the uh, frack fields. They've all had enough time and experience to learn how to do that. Right. When they first got into frack fields, they all did it wrong because being profitable in a frack fields, almost the polar opposite of being a profitable offshore and they just didn't know it, but now they know. So, um, you know, I'm glad BP picked this up. This is just jobs and prosperity and this is just more
1: hydrocarbons for the world to be prosperous with. Yep. Great stuff. So when you think oil and gas, you don't naturally think Pakistan, right? No, never. But Exxon Mobil is close to discovering one of the hugest oil reserves in the world in Pakistan near the border with Iran. And those reserves could be even larger than the oil reserves of Kuwait, which would put if it turns out to be what they're expecting, it would rank the country in the top 10 oil producing countries in the world.
0: Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe Texas has passed up <laughs> those <laughs> top seven right there. I mean, we're past Kuwait uh, just here in Texas. But anyway, this is a this is an amazing find. This is a perfect example of, of when I talk to people about this industry and they, they're worried about the future. One of the things I bring up a lot is nobody, no big oil gas company goes out and looks for all the reserves that are available. It just doesn't make financial sense. They look at what they need the next couple of years, say five or ten years, and that's what they go find. And so here's a perfect example where Exxon's made a huge discovery. So these are more reserves. So here's more hydrocarbons that the world didn't know we had. And, you know, I was just in ExxonMobil's campuses last week and I was telling them, and, and I mean it. You've heard me say this on a show before. I think ExxonMobil is the best oil and gas engineering and project management company on the planet. There's a bunch of good ones out there, but if you had to pick the best, I think it's ExxonMobil. I don't like doing business with them, but, but I think they're a great company with great people. And so here's a perfect example of somebody that has the, a large enough CapEx has enough, has enough cash and the knowledge and the expertise to go in here, figure out what those reserves are, and then figure out about going into production. And once again, you're now you're bringing jobs and prosperity to a part of the world that didn't have it from oil before. So this is just, it's a great thing for the Pakistani people. You know, good job, Exxon, in finding this stuff that nobody
1: else could find. We'll keep an eye on this one. Cool. So while we're in that side of the world, let's go ahead and talk about India. The Indian Oil Corporation, the country's biggest refining company, plans to invest 25.5 billion dollars into boosting its oil refining capacity. So they're looking to expand uh, their capacity from, or to 150 million tons of oil derivatives annually from the current 80.7 million tons by 2030.
0: And Jake, do you know how many rubies that is at 25.5 billion?
1: Well, I've got a cheat sheet here. So it's 1.75 <laughs> trillion rubies. <laughs>
0: I wasn't going to tell the audience we had a cheat sheet. I want you to just sound smart. Like, oh, yeah, I did the math in my head. And it's 1.75 trillion ruby. <laughs> yeah. So this is expected. This is the growth that's going on in India. You know, if you've listened to the show before, you know that I've been saying for a while that I think India is going to pass up China, both in GDP and population. You know, India India leads in that part of the country as far as demand for crude. And that demand is for the refinery so they can turn it into stuff they can sell or use it for fuel. So it just makes sense for them to do a, a refinery upgrade. This won't, the, this won't be the last one by far. <laughs> You know that part of the world is is coming out of that rural agrarian society, and and you know people are going from having a bunch of kids, which is a built in labor force to actually be able to grow enough food to feed your family, to moving into a city, having what we can would consider a nine to five job. You know, needing to take transportation back and forth. So as the world is making that change, as parts of the world is making that change, the only way it can happen is you have to have cheap, reliable, abundant. Energy And this is a perfect example of, of India getting ready for its people by increasing refinery output. So, you know, good. Once again, you know, jobs, prosperity, good for India.
1: So Russia is accused of a lot of things. So they're accused of meddling in our elections. They're accused of juicing up uh, what's his name? The Draco guy, you know, when he when he when he fought Rocky. Well, now they're also accused of illegally selling oil to North Korea. So there's a huge sanction against North Korea, where I guess they can only import a certain amount of oil. And they are apparently, if the allegations are true, they're they're far exceeding that due to, you know, to, to buy it from Russia.
0: Yeah. And this is a much bigger story than you think it is. So we basically, uh, I shouldn't say we, uh, us in Europe have decided, and with the UN's full support, that North Korea has been bad. And so we need to punish North Korea. So we have these sanctions. These sanctions have restricted, not, When I say vital, I don't mean like food and medicine, but stuff that's vital to run the country, which the country is, is way behind behind almost any other country out there. And so what's happening is China and Russia both, and this isn't news and this shouldn't be new, new, shouldn't be new news to anybody that this sort of stuff happens. China and Russia both are illegally selling oil to north korea the problem with that is that then it keeps the sanctions from working which is the whole reason we have the sanctions to try to get them to the negotiation table so we can make sure we do nuke them because if any country on this planet does not need nuclear arms that they can actually put on top of a missile it's this one it's it's just too much of a hothead too much of a risk to the rest of the world and so you know the things that we find ethical here and in Europe, and, and, you know, right and wrong, that same way of thinking doesn't always apply, especially to China and, and, and in some ways into Russia. And so the people out there are just making a buck, right? They up. Uh, North Korea will pay top dollar. We can get it there. All we have to do is falsify documents. The problem with that is where U.S. and Russian relations are right now. This is just another you know, tick box against Russia in the U.S.'s eyes, and it's not something that we needed to have happen. And unfortunately, it is. Um, I suspect that extremely soon, like probably this week, um, that the U.S. military will – or our U.S. leadership – military leadership will have a few words with russia and say we need to stop this if not we're we're going to stop it for you and so once you have that type of conversation with another superpower goes one to two ways it either stops or it ramps up the rhetoric And, and right now we just don't need more rhetoric between us and russia so i'm kind of hoping that russia on its own stops this you know their government has a vested interest in not making things worse between the us and russia and i guarantee you the government even though it may know about this being sold, it's not coming from the government. These are just, uh, you know, people that have the ability and the scope and the super tankers to skirt around the, the sanctions and just to make a dollar. So it's, it needs to stop. And I suspect it's probably stopping by the time we're talking about it. So, you know, just one of those things that needs to be taken care of. And, and unfortunately, we'll have to end up probably taking care
1: of it. Yep. Well, that was a, that was a quick show. We're only at 19. It was minutes. a quick show. Cool. Let's go on to the Red Wing spot. So we are still giving away Red Wing bags. Yeah, so if you want one of these
0: really cool offshore bags, and we're funny, we we're talking about this yesterday. It it really has become the cult item. The two guys that we met yesterday from uh, AES is it AES drilling fluids? Is that it, Jake? That sounds right. Yeah. Anyway, um one of their customers had won the offshore bag and was all happening was telling them about it. And then when they said, <laughs> oh, we're going to meet with Mark and Jake, the customer's like, can I go with you? Because <laughs> I just want to meet the guys and give away these awesome bags. And so if you want one of these awesome bags so you can talk to your vendors about it and they, they can brag about you, it's really simple. Go to redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. That's redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. Put your information in. We give away one bag a week. No purchase necessary. See official site for
1: rules and details. I think I was showing you yesterday. I, I need Red Wing to send me some boots. You know, we were out doing that work over on the uh, on our, one of our wells this week, and I was wearing my old combat boots. And they were good, and everything was good, and and then I I started feeling started feeling rocks in the bottom of my feet, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And I looked down, and literally, like the soles of these things were deteriorating. Like my foot was coming out the bottom. I was like, "This is not good." I was like, "I need to hit up Red Wing, give me some new boots." So yeah, we need, don't to get you, we need to get you
0: some boots. And and, and actually, audience, we don't ever do this. You don't ever hear us talk about Red Wing. But if you're in the market for PPE and for boots, go check them out. They have an eye toward quality, which I have never seen. We had a chance to tour their manufacturing facility. And the only place I've ever seen quality control to the degree that they have in their boot factory is in medical device like hip joints. Great company, does a lot of really great work. We love that they support the show. So if you're in the boot market like Jake, because he has his own operating uh, wells now, go buy a pair of Red Wings. Uh, Just just don't even worry about it. Just go buy a pair of Red Wings. But good you figured out, Jake, that you need a new pair of boots.
1: Yep. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, weekly rate count brought to you by Drilling Info. We are up to uh, 1,142, so pretty stagnant. We've been pretty much the pretty much the same slightly. Some, some weeks we're up, some weeks we're down, but it's not really varying by more than a, about a percent or two. So it's good. I mean, we're kind of chugging along. Oil prices we have good.
0: our uh, oil and gas uh, spotlight super happy hour. We've found a home for it. It's Tech Spaces here in Houston. It's always the last Tuesday of every month. So it'll be Tuesday, August 28th. It's from 5.30 to 8. Is that right, Jake? Five yep, eight. sounds right. Yeah. And, and we started, if you listen to the show, we started charging a small amount to, to actually go that, some of that money and eventually all that money to be donated to charity. But it's been such, it's become such a great happy hour. We have so many good people out there, a lot of young people in oil and gas. And we're going to start doing spotlights where we bring in companies to talk about something cool. So this month we bring in Microsoft and they're going to talk about artificial intelligence and oil and gas, free food, free booze. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. Sign up. Now, last time it sold out. And of course, Jake, We had a whole bunch of people reach out to me. I know you had people reach out to you saying, oh, buddy, can you get me in? Because it's sold out and I didn't register. And no, we can't. (laughs) It's it's a fire marshal number, right? So I suspect this one's going to sell out as well. So if you want to go sign up now, we'll put a link in the show notes so that you can uh, just click and go sign up. And then if you like to learn more about these events and others, like next week is NAEP here in Houston. We'll be there. The whole OGG and gang will be there. I have a monthly All and gas events newsletter we kick out for free. You can click, sign up for it. We never spam you. And then if you'd like Jake and I to come out, and you know what you know what's going on in the world right now, Jake, here and in Europe in, in the oil and gas sales and marketing world. Hmm.
1: That's a pretty broad question. There's a lot. going Yeah.
0: On. <laughs> Let me tell you what's happening. Sales and marketing managers are planning for 2019. Right. And they're planning to do their kickoffs where they get their sales team, their marketing team, and they get ready for the new year so they can hit the ground running. If your company is doing some type of sales or marketing kickoff, you want to do something different that your people would love. Jake and I can bring the podcast to your kickoff. We can come record the show there live. We can do some Q and A sessions. Your people will love it. It'll be something much better than that boring magician you get every year for your sales kickoff. So reach out to me or Jake. We'll be happy to share the details and we would love to bring the podcast to your sales and marketing event. Cool. And then Jake, we had something happen. that's never happened to us. Our first Friday Q and A, we only got one question. And that never happens. And it was to the point that uh, we actually went and tested the back office systems to make sure everything's still working. So if you have any questions you want answered, we need them, please. So go to the website, uh, com. click on ask a question, fill it out. And if we use your question on the air, you'll get a big shout out. While you're there, go ahead and give us your email address. Uh, we Julie's doing a good job of using that email address to alert people that listen to the show for new stuff. And once again, we never spam you. And then, of course, that website's the same as I just ran off, allengassesweek And join the LinkedIn group. Uh, LinkedIn's getting better. Microsoft's doing a good job with it's becoming more valuable. Just go to LinkedIn, go search for OGG, and we pop up number one. Join the group, and we make announcements there as well. We realized this was a short show, but it was a short news week, so that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Jake, anything else you want to talk about?
1: That's about it, man.
0: All right, folks, remember do great work, pay it forward, and we will see you next time. Tune in next week for another informative and entertaining episode of Oil & Gas This Week podcast, a product of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasthisweek.com.